And we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing great. Deadly. Yep. Episode today, going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Episode number 50. 50. Yeah. Five zero. Yeah. I remember a while ago we were talking about maybe doing something on, as a 50th episode, but then we decided yeah. to wait till the 66th. 66th episode. episode. And um, it's more fitting for Maiden. <laughs> yeah. That's so what, do we have any big plans in the works for that? I don't know. We have 16 episodes to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> we do. Everybody thinks we're like playing probably yeah. 100 episodes ahead. <laughs> we had a production plan early on. We did. But now we're just kind of like... We usually know what we're doing the next few. Yeah. We got we uh, get so many tweets and email that it kind of, you know, yeah changes what we... I know. And there are some ones like, I think, uh, Book of Souls and Iron Maiden and a couple of live discs. We've talked about doing them so many times. And, yeah. oh, of course, The Blaze. Right. And, uh, you know, we just keep kicking it down the... The can down the road, but it doesn't matter. We'll get to all the albums eventually. Yeah, and speaking of cans. Oh, speaking of cans, there's some cans of beer here. Some cans of beer. I'm itching today. Yeah. Okay, speaking of cans, anyway, we've got a, a big spruce brewing. I know this I know this uh, yeah. group because I drank this beer when I was in uh, Cape Breton this right. summer, where my brother's from. Right. Or my brother lives, sorry. And um, I had a bunch of them. We had I had the Pale Ale. I had the... There's another one I can't remember. They have so. a really good IPA. Yeah, they have a really good IPA. Yeah. And I I got a bunch to bring home, but they never quite survived the journey. <laughs> I drank them on the ferry, actually. And then when you went up, I said, oh, responsible Nesbitt right. will bring some back. So this is Big Spruce Brewing Kitchen Party Pale Ale from Nova Scotia. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. Oh, that smells amazing. Up. This is excellent. Mm. Oh, man, that's deadly. That's really good. It's really hoppy, that but is... not too hoppy. Yeah. It's, it's really 5. good pale 6%, ale. so yeah. it's not going to kill you. Thumbs up from me, for oh, sure. Oh, that's a two thumbs up. That's not going to last long. It's deadly. <laughs> that beer is excellent. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. Really, really nice, i got to say. Mm. So, what's the news? You saw Adrian at F1? I did see Adrian F- at F1 all over Twitter. People are posting pictures of him. He was in the mm. the pits for the Renault team. Yeah. Uh, so this was the US F1 Grand Prix yeah. um, in that, Texas. That was in Austin, right? Yeah. 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 And there's lots of shots of him all over Twitter. And uh, there was a, they actually interviewed him. I couldn't, at first I couldn't find the interview. I was looking all over online for it. And I read online that someone said that he said something about Maiden coming to Finland next summer. But uh, that turned out to not be true because I actually found the interview after, and he said that he said "see you next time we're in Finland," which is doesn't really mean anything. So yeah, yeah, that was like people jumping to conclusions. I know. And there's a, a page online, a few pages with fake tour dates. Okay. Um, Maiden actually tweeted out a tweet that says, "Beware of assholes making fake tour date pages," from their official Twitter. So you got to only go to Iron Maiden, I guess, to. Uh, confirm rock and rio is the only uh, official they, yeah we date. talked about that previously yeah. so they did that is official though yeah and there was a big rumor that they're going to play the download festival in 2019 because they played it 2003 2007 2013 and 2016 okay but they announced the bands and they're not they're not playing it's def leopard slipknot and tool no maiden okay so as of now Rock and Rio is the only confirmed you date. You know as well as I do. They're not coming all the way over there to do that. Without... Yeah, but that's the only confirmed. Yeah. yeah. There's also... Oh, there's another cool tour date. I saw p- posted on the official Blaze Bailey website and Twitter. Um, it's Blaze Bailey. He's playing uh, Rock the Coast in Spain in June 14th. So he's playing this festival. And what makes this a Iron Maiden content, other than it being Blaze, is it's Blaze playing Iron Maiden. So he's doing all Iron Maiden songs. Really? Yeah. It's Blaze Bailey playing Iron Maiden. Cool. So that would be kind of cool to uh, to go to if you're if you're not a huge Blaze fan, but you yeah. know you don't know the Blaze solo stuff. This would be a good way to see Blaze. Yeah, who's going to be his band? Just, uh, his... I think it's Absolva. Yeah, that's cool. From the Do you think he'll he'll focus on his albums? I would imagine, obviously. Yeah, but I think he might also do some of the ones that he did while he was in yeah. Maiden. He might do some of the ones that he always wanted to do, like Blood Brothers. He worked on it a little bit with yeah. Maiden, and then left. Or was replaced, and then it came out on with Bruce doing it on the album. Yeah. But he did, I think he jammed it with Steve Harris when they were first writing it. And he said he always wanted to do that song, so. He actually, yeah. there's a video of him online doing it. 
Doing, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Actually, I have a funny clip that I was going to use when we did uh, the Brave New World episode. Um, if you take the Blaze Bailey vocals and yeah. lay them over the Bruce Dickinson version, you get Bruce and Blaze doing a duet of Blood Brothers. So that's Blade and Bruce singing together. Deadly. That would be. <laughs> they cool. are kind of blood brothers. They both were in Maiden. Yeah. So. There's a mutual respect there. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to play that. That was I had that one saved from when we did Brave New World. Yeah, we could break it out again I later. Doing Blood Brothers. So <laughs> I love Blood Brothers. So. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah. The um, the beer is amazing. Yeah, that's a great beer. Unreal. Another uh, thing that um. It's floating around online is Bruce's book tour. You know how he's yeah. doing a tour of his book? Yes. Someone put one of his, like his, I guess it's called a spoken word performance or a talk or whatever. Yeah. Speech. Uh, put it on YouTube. There's a few versions of it on YouTube. It's really cool. I watched it. Um, if you're going to go see him, don't watch it because it will be a total spoiler. But he has this yeah. like slideshow and he talks through. He's really funny. Like, he's just such a funny storyteller. Yeah. I wish he had it came closer to us so we yeah. could have seen him because it would have been really cool. Um, he goes through, like, there's a bunch of slides he goes through of, like, his stage outfits. And he's just, like, making fun of himself. Yeah. That's pretty funny. And uh, he gives cards out to people in the audience and he's, like, write questions on them. And at the end, I'll go through them and answer the questions. And he specifically says, like, I don't want anyone writing, when is the next Maiden album coming out? What's the name of the new Maiden album? Yeah. When are you touring next? He's like, I don't know any of this. I'm not going to answer any of these questions. So he specifically yeah. says that. But uh, it's pretty cool. He goes through the timeline of the book yeah. and kind of gives some extra information, little stories. and Yeah, it's pretty yeah cool. I looked through it. I'll be honest with yeah. you. I didn't really enjoy it. Oh, no? Like, I, I kind of skipped through. He had some funny jokes and stuff. Yeah. I hate watching a handy cam thing. Yeah. So there was that aspect. Yeah. It was just jostling a bit. And I, yeah. like right away, I was I hated the yeah. person. I didn't even it. watch it. I was putting together some Ikea furniture and I just listened to it while I was yeah. doing that. I didn't watch it start to finish, but I watched a bit of it. But I was like, eh, I don't know if I'd be into that. Oh, no? I thought no. it was really super interesting. He's really funny. Hmm. He, uh, anyway, he has... Uh, it is him telling stories, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. You know? But he's got such a great stage presence, too. Yeah. Right? And he went through... He had a bunch of Australian tour dates. I think this one... I can't remember where this one was recorded, this YouTube version. But he has December dates coming up, if anyone is in Israel or Norway or Iceland or Sweden. Ooh. Go see them. Iceland's not There's that tickets far. still available. Yeah. <laughs> Iceland. We have a whole I, bunch of listeners in Sweden, I, according to our yeah. demographic. So if you're listening and you want to see Bruce, it's, uh, I thought it was totally entertaining to yeah. see Bruce talk. That's and then cool. he uh, actually on October 19th in Melbourne, one of the questions that someone asked him. Remember I went on my rant about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. Well, he someone asked him about it at the one of these talks, and he said... This is a quote from Bruce Dickinson. I actually think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is utter and complete load of bollocks. To be honest with you, it's run by a bunch of sanctimonious, bloody Americans who wouldn't know rock and roll if it hit them in the face. They need to stop taking Prozac and start drinking fucking beer. Ooh, <laughs> shots fired. Yeah. So that's uh, good. I love it when Bruce Dickinson agrees with me. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you had a good rant on that. Um, I definitely agree with that too. I think, you know, it's yeah. all nonsense. Yeah, I know. Every time there's a Hall of Fame. It's and next year it'll come up again and it'll be the same yeah. stuff over and over again. It's yeah. like, where's this band? Where's that band? Why is ABBA in? Yeah. Maiden not. Well, funny you mentioned <laughs> that we have listeners in Sweden. Sweden. Uh, I've only been to Sweden once. I've been to Scandinavia, like Norway. And, and uh, I don't know if people count Denmark really Scandinavia. Swedish people and Nor Norwegians don't really, but the rest kind of do. But um, I've only been there once relative to the rest of the places I've been to a few times. And when you go into the airport there in Stockholm, there's like an ABBA display. Or at least there was when I was there in, I think it was 2013. And, um, you know, it's, it's awesome we have listeners there. But there's a lot of good, like, bars for metal there. And they're craft beer, funny enough. Oh, yeah? Uh, in 2013, we were nowhere near where we are now. I know it's only five years, but craft beer every year seems to double every two, three years. 
um, I, I went through back then and, and I remember I, I had gone for like a, a business meeting. I was meeting these guys in the north up in uh, Orange Schultzvik or Irsvik as they call it and got that done. And then I just was decided to stay in a hostel in, in, in Stockholm to just meet people and just get on the rip. And, uh, but I still had my suit. So I like suited up one day and just went around to craft beer places and sampled beers with like the owners and stuff. And I had some time in. Now it's not cheap to drink there, but man, what a time. The beer is amazing. Anyway, I digress. Do our Swedish listeners, yeah. So Bruce, yeah, he was doing this book tour on Australia. Yeah. And he kind of did the talk show circuit. So on YouTube, the, all these interviews with him popped up. He was, did this interview with Australian Broadcasting Corporation, a radio yes. interview. Yeah. Um, he's talking about how Maiden has lasted. And he's uh, like, they last, he said, because they're an alternative to, and there's a quote, shallow, inconsequential music. And he said, if it's if your music is disposable, expect to be disposed of. Which I think Ooh. is kind of cool. Because all the pop stuff's just like slapped together to try to get a download. And then it's instantly forgotten about. Yeah, it's but you'd also argue that, that could they even be Maiden today? Like, you know what I mean? Where would you get? If you were Maiden and you started today? Yeah. You would tour for 40 years and then you'd be huge. <laughs> Probably. You'd just have to do more work, right? Well, they did, well you'd need a Rod Smallwood and a Steve Harris in your band. And yeah. you just need to work and grind it out on the road. <laughs> like, yeah. no other band can do. Like, they toured so hard, right? Like, that's why. They're all about the fans. Yeah. And yeah, they actually, gradually built themselves up you, to be. You can, you can definitely, um, you know, sh- shortcut with uh, the right hit or the right combination online. But if you do the hard work and build organically, right, you're still going to do well. Right. You know? And then you have that base there, which Maiden has. Yeah. But I thought that was funny because I'm always complaining about all the pop music. Sounds the same. And it's just like, like a year after a song is number one, no one can even remember. Yeah. Who Do you sang know what, it. There's another thing too, which is um, quality of fans. And it relates to me in our podcast because the, the more people that listen to a podcast, um, it's more about the quality of listeners. It's like the quality of readers or the quality of input. Like the input we get are people who really, really love our podcast. Yeah. And I was in talking to a friend who's starting a potential podcast. And he's in a very different field, marketing, which is very crowded and very hard. And my kind of advice was get a niche, find something that works. Uh, but, you know, talk to your to people that are, are in that space. People that, you know, will listen and get something out of it and can give something to you. Right? And Maiden has been that. Like they've never been that all things to all people that that pop song radio nonsense and that gives you staying power as well as although you might not be you know i don't know maybe i'm taking a shot at kiss but you might not be that maybe the metallica or whatever you'll have more staying power although metallica yeah well there's another interview power. a little while ago where bruce said there's a quote that was like it showed up in a bunch of these like google alerts and stuff mm. he said unlike some bands we actually like our fans yeah so i mean that's exactly what you're talking about that's true yeah yeah yeah, that yeah. The, well, main fans are. I mean, it's a culture. Yeah. This ABC interview in Australia. Mm-hmm. He also said a uh, had a quote. Yeah. That remind me of something that you always say. This is almost like word for word something that you said actually with the last tour. Uh, and they just make so I was always complaining like oh I turned up and they didn't play a single song from 1982 and it's like oh I want more money back. He said well you know there is the internet and we did tell you what the set list was going to be before you bought your ticket. So why are you surprised? And that's what you always say. I always You're say like, that. the set list is online. Stop complaining. Yeah. Or be surprised, but don't complain when they don't play. Yeah, but I mean, look at look at the way the 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 tours go. You get the other than the matter, life and death. You get the album tour, which is packed full of classics yep. in this oscillating way. One of the things that came out of our um, legacy, the beast. Tour set list prediction, which by the way, I got a great message today from a listener who said, like, they listen to listen to it, he's catching up, you know. We get those, I love that. They're like, they go back and listen, yeah. To it. He's like, you guys are like kids, you know. <laughs> on, on, on Christmas Day was the response from from the guy, you know, him. I'll take it up on. Actually, we met him in, in Montreal, uh, Christian, okay. But anyway, um, he was saying that. But um, when, when we tried to predict the set list, it's so hard to predict because they're so good at filling in the long term classics, yeah. And then you get the then you get the album one. But then every second tour, pretty well, is a reflection tour of some level. And then those are all of them. So how could you complain that like every other tour, there's like six tracks from the new album? Like, what are you yeah, complaining I about? Know. What are you complaining yeah. about? Like, you know, that, that makes no sense. 
Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so he's bang on. Me and Bruce agree once again. <laughs> True. I know. He agreed with me, and now he's agreeing with you. This is great. Yeah. Now maybe um, someday we'll agree. There's another uh, interview he did for a New Zealand radio station. Hmm. And he had a couple of funny quotes in that one, too. He said, if, he's talking about his book, What Does This Button Do? Yeah. And he said, when the book came out, there's a problem with the title in Germany. Yeah. And it doesn't translate into German. The whole title is about, like, you see a button and you push it to see what it does, right? Yeah. And the German people were like, why would you push a button that you don't know what it, what it does? Like, yeah. they're like, a German person would never push a button without knowing what it does first. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was funny. <laughs> no, but that is so German. Yeah. yeah. That is so German. So they didn't understand when they translated the name of the, yeah. of the book. German people are, are patently very different, right? Like, you know, it, it, they're very interesting. I've been to Germany many times. And, man, they're just so, they're so organized. They're so... It's an awesome country, right? Yeah. Their food is amazing. But, I mean, they're just direct as hell, right? Like, it's like you ask them for a cold glass of water. Some of them will... will I've heard a German say to me, he's like, oh, this, you know, here you go. And this is seven degrees. You're like, you don't think about the temperature. Oh, yeah. But they do, right? Yeah. He also said in this interview... He mentioned the lawsuit. So that ongoing lawsuit, this is the first time I've ever heard anyone from the band actually say anything about it. Yeah. I've read some stuff online, and they've had a press release about it. Mm. But he actually said, uh, it doesn't involve him, but he has strong opinions about the ambulance chasing nature of it. And he says, some of the claims are nonsense. Steve is probably the most scrupulous, straight-up guy he's ever met in the music industry. And... uh, he said they're going to continue the lawsuit because he thinks Steve's getting blackmailed just to pay out of court. And he says it's going to be very expensive, but it's going to get very serious, he said, for, I guess he's talking about Barry McKay. He says you're going to get found out. So Maiden's not going to drop. Awesome. They're not going to settle out of court. They're just going to ride it through and like, yeah, what it costs, it costs. So. Yeah. But I thought that was cool, the ambulance chasing nature of it. Because that's what yeah. it's like, like just trying to squeeze a few bucks out. Yeah, that's basically yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. Find some little bit of ambiguity and... And try and drive and hope that they'll hope that they'll settle out of court for some money. I can't remember the exact episode, but I think it was around the Halloween um, lawsuit settlement. Yeah, you had played two clips, and you said, you know, oh, and and I I remember I said, well, those clips definitely they're linked, and you said, well, here's like five other clips of how common the the oh that was the beginning of two minutes to midnight. That's right. Right, because people were saying it's a ripoff, and then I played like 14 songs that have the same riff at the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or I had a list of 14. I don't know if I played them all. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's so much music. And you know what? There is subconscious. Yeah. If you... So, like, what was it uh, Newton said? Isaac Newton. He said, I could only see so far because I stood on the shoulder of giants. Music is... is In some way, there is definitely the intellectual property aspect. But there's also the cumulative nature of things being progressive and and building off each other. You see that in technology all the time. So if you hear and listen and learn music and then you make music, which is in some way derivative, you need to look at it more as as a homage and as as just a collective learning. Then, you know, that's very different than stealing someone's track. There's so much subtlety and nuance. But this lawsuit, he's actually saying that yeah, I came he wrote all the lyrics and the, yeah. he didn't get credit for them. Yeah. Which I right. don't think is true. I mean, one of the parts of it is a Terry Slesser. Yeah. It's, I think I said it was five words that are in common with the song that he wrote. So anyway, this lawsuit's just annoying. I wish it would go away. Mm. But it's, anyway, it's still there. I think it's going to be around for a while. All right. Some more lawsuits. Good for lawyers. Anyway, something I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Uh, we, had, we had brought it up offline. Something that we've seen a lot of... Um, Maiden reaction videos. I think we teed it up really early. We talked about this uh, yeah. like a long time ago, but Way they're still ago. on the go. There was that guy in the car who has a really cool, unique thing. I love some of the stuff that people do online to get yeah. traction. I don't understand. Yeah, we actually, this guy on Twitter named mm. uh, Paul Haynes tweeted at us and was wondering what we thought of these. Yeah. And I went on because I always just kind of ignore them, but they always get sent to me in those Google alerts for Iron Maiden. They pop up as like stories and they pop up as like. When you watch a Maiden video, the related videos on YouTube, there's always these reaction videos, and they have like yeah. millions of views. I don't understand. I, don't, yeah. I do not understand what the appeal of these are. Why would you watch them? I don't get it either. And um, after seeing that tweet, 
I went off and did a bit of more research because that guy in the car, I thought he was pretty funny and kind of, yeah. you know, kind of cool. Yeah. And also new people getting into Maiden. And I saw this guy and uh, you could tell by the quality of videos and his followers that like this guy knows YouTube. He's yeah. talented at what he does. But he literally like watched Howard and, and he was going through it. And he was like, oh, I know something's going to happen. And he was doing this and, and he was pausing it and giving commentary. And then like literally three minutes in, He's like, oh my God, this is one of my favorite songs. Then he pauses and starts talking. I'm like, how could you be, you know, I mean. Yeah, it, it seems so set up. Uh, you know, I mean. I can't have a song go from like, never heard it before to being my favorite song when I'm listening to it in 10 second increments. Yeah, but it was so horrible. I was almost thinking like, did he pause it because some copyright thing or is he just pretending he likes the song? Or Like to me, I was so thrown off. Not only that, I'm into the song and I'm yeah. like. And he's bobbing along, and I'm like, okay, if he's going to rock out to this, I can see that, even though I don't really want to watch someone watch music. But I, I don't, don't know. understand the appeal of watching it. Is it just that you need like validation that someone else likes something you like? Is that know. all it is? Or like you know. have, you're the only person you know that likes Maiden, and you have no friends that like Maiden. I don't know. So you're like to watch someone talk to you about them liking Maiden or something? I don't understand. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like you want other people to like the things you like. Yeah, people who take pictures of food often get criticized. But I mean, if I get a real nice meal, I don't mind taking a picture of it every now yeah. and then just to remember it. But if I'm in the middle of it and enjoying it, I can't get my phone out. Like, I'm not, I'm just enjoying it. You know what I mean? And when you're listening to that, he paused it and he was like, oh man, that's so great. It reminds me of this song, it reminds me of that song. And I'm like, okay, you're giving me real time feedback. It's a first thing. It, you know, but it's horrible. So yeah, I don't I just, understand yeah. the appeal. Like, is it that yeah. you, I've heard this song a million times? Yeah. I can't remember what it was like to hear maiden for the first time and you kind of want to like go back to that somehow or something yeah and i think actually if you remember our well our our late nights at the cart and horses we're the opposite we like the millionth time listening to it with hardcore fans and just like leaning in and screaming so maybe we're the exact opposite of it now i will give you an exception to this rule i love there was a video i don't even know where it is i think it was on facebook or something where they showed iron maiden to kids yeah, but that's kind of funny. That's that different. is funny. Yeah, I would watch that. Because yeah. <laughs> the kids were like, I don't understand this stuff. <laughs> it's so funny how when you get kids and you watch them a video, you show them a video, and then they like they sound like old people. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I don't even know what's going on with this stuff. <laughs> I would watch that. But uh, these whole reaction videos to everything. There's reaction videos to everything. and I, I don't understand the appeal. of Why not listen to the song? Why do you have to watch someone? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we should do our own reaction It's like those YouTube videos. videos. My kids... Yeah. My kids watch videos on YouTube yeah. of adults playing with toys, toys that they have right in their rooms. And it's like, turn off the TV, turn off YouTube, stop watching like an adult woman play with a Barbie. When you have Barbies up in your room, go up and play Barbies in your room. Yeah. Like, why are you watching some, I don't understand it. Yeah, it is. It's so weird the world we're in because. It, it, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. So reaction videos, man. Boo. Yeah, boo. Halloween. Oh, yeah, tomorrow's Halloween. Yeah. I was going to ask Josh what he thought of the Halloween. There's a Iron Maiden Angry Birds kind of crossover tie-in thing. Yeah. It's like an Iron Maiden-themed Angry Birds. Yeah. And I sent you a YouTube link to like you the did. preview for it. Yeah, and I looked through it. Yeah. And, oh, and I, my first reaction was, there's still Angry Birds. I thought that was done. Yeah, me too. You know? And <laughs> then, they're trying to resurrect it with this. Yeah, and the second thing, I loved the Eddie and the Beast in it. See, I think they're uh, ste- overstepping into like Kiss territory of like unnecessary spinoff. Yeah. Because Maiden has they have the legacy of the Beast video game. That's what like the whole comic and the tour and everything's based on, a video game for like mobile devices. And they had that like Melt Project, which turned into Ed Hunter. They had the Speed of Light game to promo that album. And they had a Final Frontier on the Mission Edition of the Final Frontier disc was this little video game. So they have a they've had a bunch of video games in the past, but they're always just like their own thing to like promote something. And it was kind of like I don't know. This isn't really promoting anything. It's just kind of like selling their name to stamp onto something unrelated. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. And the hope that Nesbitt will buy it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or I don't know, it's trying to get kids into Iron Maiden or I don't something. No. But kids aren't in Angry Birds, are no. they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I've never My dad used Angry to play it like five or six years ago. When he first got his phone, he was playing Angry Birds. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like this tie over. It's yeah. almost like what's next? Happy Meal Toys of Eddie. 
Well, that'd be pretty awesome. Actually. You would be down there. No, I was going to say you. Would like be I know we're going for up. lunch today. We're kids going for lunch, kids. <laughs> like no, no more like, McDonald's. No it's more like you're getting McDonald's until you get every Happy Meal tour. Yeah. No more McDonald's. For the collection. Dad. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Don't get sauce on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Another Halloween related thing. Mm. I remember a few. It was a long time ago when we were doing talking about Bruce Dickinson's solo albums. We mentioned the Chemical Wedding. The movie, yeah. The Chemical Wedding. And uh, it, that's a horror movie that came out in 2008. Yeah. But is it linked to the, is it linked to the solo album? Uh, Bruce Dickinson wrote the screenplay. Yeah. And there's some songs in there from Bruce Dickinson. Some solo stuff. Anyway, I watched it this week. Yeah. Just because I've had it there for a while. I've never actually yeah. watched it. Or I watched a bit of it before. So he wrote the screenplay. He wrote the screenplay. So if you read his book, he was like working on it for 10 or 15 years, I think. Um, and it went through a bunch of different producers, and finally, in 2008, it came out. Remember earlier I was talking about his book tour presentation? Yeah. So one of the questions someone asked him was about this movie, and he said how he they made the Can I Play With Madness video, and Julian Doyle was the director, and afterwards, he wanted to make an Eddie movie, and Bruce decided to make a movie about Aleister Crowley. Do you know who Aleister Crowley is? No. So he was, Aleister Crowley was like, they called him the wickedest man in the world. He was like this big like occult black magic guy in i think it was the very early 1900s i know he died in 1947 so he was around like a long time ago jimmy page was like obsessed with him and collected all of the writings and stuff and he actually bought uh his it's called bullskin house which is alistair crowley's estate on the shores of loch ness so jimmy page was right into him and he was right into the occult and stuff and ozzy osbourne has a song called mr crowley that's about Alistair Crowley. So he was like this big black magic occult guy. So this movie is like about him being resurrected, I guess. In <laughs> the plot is really anyway. I didn't. I'm giving the movie a thumbs down. It's really confusing. I'm still not 100 percent what happened at the beginning. There's a guy who's like a student of Alistair Crowley, and Alistair Crowley dies. And he somehow infects this computer and there's this like VR suit and this professor gets in it and he gets taken over by the spirit of him or something. And there's all this like techno babble about like electromagnets and you know those in those movies where they have like walls of computers that are like have all different colored lights turning on and off. It's yeah. that kind of stuff. It's like super cheesy. And then there's all this like occult stuff and I don't know. It It's not a very good movie. But uh, anyway, I watched it. I basically watched it to try to see if there's any kind of like Maiden tie-in. And there's a bunch of like kind of winks to like Maiden. And the soundtrack has like the Chemical Wedding song is on it. And the Wicker Man, Can I Play With Madness. I basically just watched it for Maiden references. And there's a few. There's like, uh, I made a few clips of, uh, there's a few little clips in there in the dialogue where they like make re references to stuff that kind of ties in with Maiden. Can you illuminate Mr. Jones? Julius Caesar, the Mark Antony speech. The evil that men do lives on. Um, uh, people abused, abused by devil worshippers, their minds can be permanently scarred so that the evil lives on in them. Devil worship and evil. So they just mentioned the evil that men do. There's another one where they mention, uh, well, I'll just play it. They invoke my scarlet ritual to produce a moon. Child. Moon child. So there's a bunch of stuff like that. I have one more here I'll play too. This one's actually funny. There's a, a homeless guy on the street. Oh god. And uh someone yells something at him and he goes, Your time will come. And then as soon as he says that, your time will come, that part mm -hmm. comes in from the wicker man. subtle yeah so i don't know i basically played all the best parts for you so you don't have to watch it yeah it's not a very good movie it's actually pretty bad the uh bruce dickinson is in it for like two seconds at the beginning he enters the door as this like butler he, in the credits he's called the landlord so he opens the door and like lets the people in and sends them upstairs and uh apparently his two sons and his daughter are in it too but they're just like extras in the background somewhere um and there's another part where bruce plays a blind man but he's like literally like way in the back and he just walks by in the background of a scene so anyway there's a bruce dickens cameo and there's a couple of little like 
places where they like make Iron Maiden references to Iron Maiden songs. Oh my god! But uh, anyway, everything that you just heard me say—that's the best parts of the movie. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, a lot of nudity if you want to see like naked people. No, now you have me interested. <laughs> and uh, the other movie should've, I watched should have led with that. <laughs> the other movie I watched. Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, because of the Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter yeah. soundtrack tie-in. This is like the worst movie. I watched this movie when I was a kid. I watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street when I was a kid. I loved them when I was a kid. Hmm. And I went back and watched this one. It's horrible. It's like cartoon character version of Freddy Krueger. And he's like dressed as a chef in one scene and like feeds someone themselves. And there's a guy that turns into a motorcycle. There's another guy who's like a comic into comic books. Yeah. And like... Freddy turns into a superhero and he turns into a superhero and then he turns him into a comic book and like shreds the paper and it's just like it's way over the top and really like stupid and then I get to the end and I still hadn't heard Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter I was like oh here come the credits the credits come it's like some stupid rap song still no and then I, I was like I couldn't even it's on the soundtrack and it's supposed to be in the movie somewhere yeah I couldn't find it or hear it anywhere so I basically wasted my time <laughs> But I was in the mood to watch like a cheesy Halloween movie. And I remember these Nightmare on Elm Street movies being awesome when I was a kid. Yeah. But they're not awesome. The first one is awesome. I love the first one. It's one of the best horror movies. Is it really? The first Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the best horror movies. And then they kind of took it and like spun it into like yeah. cheesy Well, there's garbage. a new Halloween movie out, right? That got my Yeah, head. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm not a horror movie guy. Oh, man. I watched all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, all the Friday the 13th. Like all the, yeah. that era of like cheesy stuff. And uh, the Hellraiser movies I used to love. Yeah. But uh, I always thought, like, I'm afraid to go back and watch any of them now after this because I remember this one being entertaining, but it was like painful. Deadly. And there's, okay, new book coming out. New book. Bob Angelo, The Early Days with Iron Maiden and Praying Mantis. So I pre ordered it. I have no idea when I'm going to get it because I ordered it from Amazon.uk. Yeah. .co.uk. Yeah, that's right. So it said it shipped, and then it says ex- expected delivery date is like November. I think it said like November fifth to February first. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know if they just like put it on a container ship and just like said it'll get there when it gets there or something. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Bob Angelo was in Maiden from November '76 <laughs> to April '77. So he was like barely in the band, but now he's got this book. But I got to read it anyway just to see if there's anything in there. So remember, so Dave Murray joined Maiden. Uh, Terry Rance and Dave Sullivan were the guitar players. Mm-hmm. And when Dave Murray joined, they left and they hired Bob Sawyer, who was called Rob Angelo at the time. Or maybe he was called Bob Sawyer at the time. Anyway, it's the same person. And he came in with Dave Murray. So it was Bob Sawyer, Dave Murray, Dennis Wilcox, Ron Matthews, and Steve Harris. And uh, Bob Sawyer apparently got fired because he was really competitive with Dave Murray. I had a quote from Steve Harris where he said, uh, uh, Dave used to play with his teeth and Bob had to try to do it, but he always messed it up. So was, they kicked him out of the band. He was in the band from, yeah, not very long, a few months. So, and this was before Dave Murray like left to join Archon and came back that we covered last episode. Okay. But uh, he claims he wrote the song Sanctuary and was bought out by Steve Harris when he left for 300 pounds. So mm. um, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of like post Maiden stuff. Like we, I, we might get a chapter about when he was in Maiden. I can't see how there could be very much in this book. From barely being in Maiden. But just in case, I pre-ordered it. Add it to the library. <laughs> yeah, put it in there. So I'm kind of uh, excited about that. And another <laughs> book... Excited about it. Well, I am kind of. Yeah. That was, uh, I don't know, cool to get a little insight from someone that you haven't really heard much about that was part of Maiden at any time. Yeah. For me, it is anyway. The other thing uh-huh. is, here is your copy of the Iron Maiden Umbai album, Pop-Offs. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. This is yeah. awesome. So it's a it's a pretty cool book. I read it this week. Um, yeah. Wow, this yeah. is this is a hefty it's a really book. nice book. Yeah, it's hardcover, lots yeah. of nice pictures. Wow, book of souls. So I'll just give you a little review. Go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to spoil it for you. Yeah. So I have his Led Zeppelin album by album book, which at first I thought that's kind of what I was expecting, which was like you have a chapter for each album and you go through each song in detail track by track but this one's more like his he edited a rush book too and the rush book is more like this which is a bunch of interviews with other musicians and music industry people talking about the albums so he'll go on and tell you about a a couple of pages about each album and then he's just like pulling in all these other 
like people from the music industry. So at first I was like, oh, I don't really like it because I wasn't, I was kind of expecting something different. But then as I was reading it, I really got into it because you get the best of both worlds. You get like some straight up facts and like summary about the uh, albums and the recording and everything. And then it's kind of cool to hear other people in the interview, the people that he interviews, like give opinions about the album and they all really know Maiden inside out. And so the more I read it, the more I liked it. If you have a bunch of Maiden books, then you probably have all the information about the albums. So you can still get this book because the the opinions and stuff are really cool in it. Yeah. And if you're not if you're new to Maiden or you don't know much about Maiden, there's a lot of information in there. Uh, so it kind of is the best of both worlds. It's like a lot of cool opinion. It's I don't know. It's this, a lot of info for like new Maiden fans, and but there's also a lot of interesting takes on stuff, regardless of how much you know about Maiden. Man, the um, just looking through here, this is awesome. Yep. And the it's quality cool. in here, the pictures are awesome too. Yep. There's deadly so. stuff. They, and the, he's got a pretty, pretty consistent take on the, you know, on the on the merch that was produced. Yeah, there's a lot of cool yeah. stuff in there. Some really cool shots of like. Yeah, you know, and the interviews are really passes. cool. So there's interviews with Marty Friedman from Megadeth, which are kind yeah. of cool. Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater, the drummer, and Frank Zappa's son, Amit Zappa. The cool, another cool thing is Blaze Bailey. There's interviews in there. It's cool listening to Blaze Bailey talk about like uh, Power Slave and Peace of Mind because yeah. he's they're interviewing basically, basically asking him what he thinks of these albums. And there's some cool stuff in there. Like he said, he always wanted to do Still Life Live, but they never did when he was in the band. Um, that I think that would have been awesome. And there's also, do you know who Chris Jericho is? Wait now. He used to be a wrestler. Yeah. But that was after I stopped watching wrestling. But he was a pretty famous professional wrestler. Yeah. And he's in this band called Fozzy now. Don't know And that. he has... A, I know him because he's on a whole... He has his own podcast where he talks about music. Yeah. And he's in this band. And there's a Kiss podcast I listen to that he's on all the time. And he's just like a Maiden nerd to the max. And he loves Maiden. And he has some really, really Chris cool... Chris Jericho, the wrestler. Yeah. WWE. Yeah. So he's in a band called Fozzy, which is like a metal band. And I have a cover of them doing The Prisoner. And they do a really cool version of The Prisoner. Um, listen, this is the intro to The Prisoner, but they put their own spin on it. It sounds kind of different, but they're still kind of faithful. It's one of the best covers of Maiden I've ever heard. So that's his band doing his band Fozzie doing the prisoner and I like that they kind of they change it up just enough to make it it's very faithful to the album the Maiden version mm. but they change it up enough to kind of make it their own yeah put their own spin on it which I think is really cool when you do a really good cover yeah. you kind of add something or change something so like, Chris Jericho's in that band he's the he's singer right here I'll play you some yeah. of the uh, the vocals this is the chorus to that same song Pretty good vocals. Yeah, he's a great singer. But I guess it makes sense. I mean, you know, you, being in WWE, you have to have a big stage presence. You have to have yeah. a big voice. Yeah. And well, he's like, successful. yeah, everyone has a successful WWE persona or whatever. You're an entertainer. And like, you know, it doesn't surprise me that he can wait, front a Wait, now. Entertainer? I mean, you mean <laughs> professional wrestler. Professional sports person. It's a professional wrestler. I mean, you're not implying to me that those matches are fixed. I mean, I won't have it. Yeah. Anyway... Fozzie, I have never really gotten into them. 
I've always meant to listen to them, and it wasn't until I looked up this cover of The Prisoner that I listened to them, and this one is really good. It's one of the best Maiden covers I've heard. So I think I'm going to go listen to some Fozzie now and probably start with whatever album this song is on, see, see what the rest of their stuff's like. That's awesome. Deadly. Yeah. I gotta say, impressed. So that's the Iron Maiden pop off book. So yeah, well, the pop off book is, yeah. just looks awesome. Pop off, so, Martin. Pop off. I have a feeling that book's gonna be a lot better than the uh, the other book we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, no, no question. But so, no, I'm I'm looking forward to digging into that. Thank you. So we got 50 episodes under our belt now. We're 50 done. Yeah. Next episode's gonna be Made in Japan. Yes, Made in Japan. So we had a lot of requests for Made in Japan. Yeah. Well, actually, we had a lot of requests. We had one request from, from Made in Japan. Yeah. But we had lots of requests to do live albums. Like, going back months now, people have been asking us to do live albums. Yeah. So I figured we'll start with the first one. So Made in Japan, there's a few versions of it. Yeah. But it's all based off one concert yep. in Japan. Yeah. And it's themed around. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. And we, we kind of touched on the theme. Yeah. And, and there's a couple other EPs and stuff yeah. floating around there, but we'll get into too on the okay, next episode. Cool. Yeah. So, but it was a really cool period for Maiden. Like, Paul was just about to leave. Yeah. Bruce was in the wings. He's kind of been in talks to join Maiden. You know, and this is Paul's last recording mm. with Maiden. So it's kind yeah. of like a, a goodbye recording for Paul Diano, even though he doesn't know it at the time. <laughs> yeah, and it's really good. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. cool. Really and there's more shows after this that they did. It's not their last show, but it's their last recording of a show. Their last professional recording. Yeah. Official recording, I guess. And uh, there's a ton of bootlegs from this era. This whole era where they switch singers from, like, Paul to Bruce. I just love, like... I, it's just really cool when you hear Bruce come in, like, pre-Beast. J- Bruce jumps in, kind of uh, jumps in onto the killer store to replace Paul. And I've got a bunch of cool clips for that in the next episode, which should be cool. There's uh, They did a show December 23rd, 1981 at the Ruskin Arms. Yeah. Um, so the Ruskin Arms Bar in London that they played yeah. all the time. It was like this special Christmas gig and it was like Dave Murray's birthday. And it's three months before Number of the Beast comes out. And they played a couple of these Number of the Beast songs for the first time. So I'm going to play some clips from that in the next next uh, episode. They did a sound check before where they played Hallowed Be Thy Name for the first time ever. So it's their first performance of Hallowed Be Thy Name. Really? So I got a clip of that. I was thinking about playing the whole sound check yeah. Because it's like 10 minutes long. And it's got Hallowed. Um, it's pretty cool. They do a few songs and they run through. And they do a few songs like... You can hear them kind of warming up and stuff. Yeah. It's a really cl- cool clip from a really cool bootleg. Yeah. Maybe we should we, just play the whole thing. Can we get away with it? I think so. It's a bootleg. Yeah. It's... The quality's not great. Yeah. But it's a bootleg. And uh, actually I actually have a clip here from... Let me see now. To find it. This is from... Before... Of Bruce Dickinson talking about how he's okay with bootlegging stuff. If any of you out there have got any tape recorders or cameras or general bootlegging equipment, you want to go and make a copy of this song and you want to share it with every fucking friend on the planet, all right? You just go right ahead. It's fine with us, all right? Well, there you have it. I mean, Bruce's favorite bootleg, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm pro bootleg. Let's do it. Okay. Well, it's a long clip. So why don't we just wrap it up? We'll wrap it up. We'll get out of here, and I'll play the clip at the very end. So stay tuned. I'm going to play the whole sound check. December 23rd, 1981, The Ruskin Arms. First ever performance of Hallowed Be Thy Name. Okay, this is a great lead into next week's episode. Yeah, this will set us up for next week. For Made in Japan. Before we we go to the clip, let's circle back on the beer. Yep. Uh, Big Spruce Brewing Pale Ale Kitchen Party. This is awesome. Yeah. What do you mean? I really, really like this beer. This is exactly what I'm into. It's hoppy, not too hoppy. It's super balanced. It's delicious. Mm. That's deadly. This is like one of my favorite beers man, now. Man, cheers to 50 episodes. Oh, yeah, 50 episodes. 50 episodes. We just clinked our Iron Maiden uh, pewter yeah. Eddie mugs together. The Book of Souls mugs. Yeah. These are deadly. I love it. Excellent. So, TalkingMaiden.com. Rate us on iTunes. Everything's going great in that department. Send us an email. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, any ideas, any feedback, always welcome. Yeah, so this is the complete sound check from that Ruskin Arms show in 1981. The first performance ever of Hallowed Be Thy Name.
That was awesome. That's pretty cool. The sound yeah. quality is not the greatest, but it's cool hearing like the whole sound check. Yeah. So, yeah. The Ruskin Arm is never a big spot. So that was a Let's show. Yeah. Hopefully we don't get sued. Yeah. Um, but hey, look, we had the disclaimer up front. It's a bootleg. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm it's looking... not like we're playing full album tracks. Because yeah. I've been kind of careful about that. Uh, playing, oh, not playing overly careful. commercially available stuff Yeah, for more than like 30 seconds of a clip. But yeah. uh, I thought that one was pretty cool that's right and to bootleg so no that was great and that's a, a perfect lead-in for next week when we do uh, made in japan yeah that was very that was shortly after made in japan all right deadly out. well check us out talkingmaiden.com rate us on itunes Till next time up the irons down the hops. Yeah.